Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Raw Knowledge Podcast with your host as ever, myself, Alex Connor. And today I'm back with another guest, one particularly creative, one that I met at a recent event and we sort of sort of hit it off. We were having a chat about a few things. You had a really creative eccentric streak. So did I. You gave me some insights on what you've done and I was like, that is absolutely brilliant. And I love people who are very, very expressive. I like people who are still keeping it real. Again, we talked about play just before we turned on the mic. So I present to you today, we've got Riley Alicia Seville. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. She's in the fearless colorways as well. It's a beautiful dress she's wearing. Oh, are these your branding the colors? It, it actually is, yeah. How didn't, didn't, didn't even tell even her about that. Even the blue in my so. hair, amazing. It's funny how it works out, right? Which is good. So I guess for the listeners, to give them a bit more of a synopsis about you, tell us who you are, what you do, but more importantly, why you do it. And you can take as long as you want and keep it as short as one. It's completely up to you. There's no rules on this podcast. Awesome. Well, I have been dancing and in the dress-up box since I was three years old, probably younger. I um, first stepped on stage to perform at just three years old, and it was always my dream as a kid, well, firstly, to be a ballerina. So I used to train almost every day. When I was 15, I was blessed to get into the Australian Ballet School, and I had incredible training there. It was also brutal. Like, ballet is no joke, <laughs> but that's a different story. Um, and then when I came home for a little while, I got a job at Warner Brothers Movie World. And that kind of opened my eyes because it was just ballet, ballet, ballet. You know, you were saying before that sometimes if there's a dream or a goal and you really want something really bad, you kind of have to really focus like just on that thing if you want to be the best at it. So we were told if you want to be a ballerina, you need to live eat, breathe, sleep ballet, you know, there is nothing else. But I have a little bit of a rebellious streak inside and so I was always like, well, why can't I have a life too? Like, why can't I play? Why can't I have fun as well? And I was like, I want to prove to them that both are possible. And so then I, I got a job at Movie World and I started playing cool characters like Wonder Woman and Batgirl and Trinity from The Matrix. I used to be a ninja as well. That's so cool. So I, I think doing... that was one of the things when you first said to me, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Just, let's talk about it. It was yeah. pretty damn cool. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would get paid to come into work, learn how to abseil down buildings, backflip, ride around in the Batmobile, learn how to ride motorbikes, beat up the boys. Like, I don't know about you. Amazing. Sounds like a dream job to me. <laughs> Just going to say, people know I have a fascination with Spider-Man. I already see oh, people really? that Yes, I got the costume. Halloween's coming. <laughs> exactly. I know. i got to get the, the black suit out, right? Because you got to nice. have the dark Spider-Man. Oh, yes. dark Spidey, feeling it cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, sorry to put in, but continue That's on. That's okay, yes, I, excitement is welcome always. <laughs> um, so yeah, then that opened my eyes up to, hey, there's all these other parts of the entertainment industry that I can explore where I'm not confined to just one thing that isn't as stressful, that isn't as brutal on your body, um, that still brings myself and the audience lots of joy and awe and fun, but yeah, it, ju it just made me realize that there's more. Mm. So then me being the curious being that I am, I wanted to try everything. So I auditioned for Disney and I got to live in Japan and Hong Kong and I danced on cruise ships and I worked for Universal Studios in Singapore um, and you know I became princesses and mermaids and Marilyn Monroe and just my repertoire of characters is endless. and. Mm. Still at 40 years old, I sometimes get given a new character that I didn't expect. And I even get surprised sometimes with the characters and the, and the beings that I get to embody. 
Um, so yeah, I moved back to Australia about five years ago and I started my own business. Well, I'd started it before kind of starting to play, but I really started putting my energy into it five years ago. So it's called Epic Creations and there's like two sides to it. So one is all the fun entertainment stuff and the other thing is uh, creative photo shoots. So I used to model a lot as well, um, just for the fun of it. And people always saying, wow, I love your photo shoots. They're so creative. I wish I could have something like that. And I was like, well, you can. Why don't I make it for you? So lately I've been working with a lot of conscious entrepreneurs, like people that work in the online space. And what I love about that is these are people that are like, you know, sexuality coaches and life coaches and breathwork facilitators and meditation coaches and dance instructors and, and people that are just the work that they're bringing into the world mm. is really inspiring and healing for people and knowing that I'm helping them create art that's going to have this ripple effect of positive change in people's life like oh, it's just amazing you know it's not just about the pretty like the images are spectacular but they're also you know I'm turning people into angels and goddesses and um, you know all kinds of different characters and I also talk to them a lot about the intention and embodying the character like as it. well so that's one of the fun things about playing so many different characters is you get to explore all these different parts of yourself or mm. different energies and you know like once you put on that costume I remember one day so clearly I was playing Wonder Woman and I got to work and I was in the grumpiest mood I was like, I don't want to do this. Is this and I was at like, the Gold Coast one? Or yeah, yeah, the okay. Gold Coast. And I thought, well, the show must go on, right? That's the uh, biggest phrase. Showbiz, showbiz. Show <laughs> show, and they don't care if you've broken up with your boyfriend or you're having a fat day or whatever, like you got to do the damn show. Yep. So Slide I thought, down. all right, just plaster the fake smile on. <laughs> but I think it's actually scientifically proven yeah, that this. once you smile, it starts to release different chemicals and your mood will actually shift. So yeah. I put on that smile, I strutted down that street as Wonder Woman and by the time I got off set, I actually felt amazing. I felt strong and powerful and sassy and all the things that she is. Mm. So yeah, that's a really fun thing to explore these different characters and you can also do that through the way you dress like I might be feeling flirty today or another day I might want to feel a bit badass so you know I'll wear all black and a bit of leather or something like that's something that I find really fun to play with as well as a fashion stylist mm. for other people helping them bring out different parts of their personality but also just for me like I pick what I'm gonna wear day to day based on how I feel mm. and I might also get drawn to different colors. Like if I feel like I want to feel calm, I'll wear blue. If I want to be like powerful, I'll wear red. So you can kind of play with these different kinds of things as well. So yeah, I'm a very creative person, but yeah, entertainment and like creative photo shoots are kind of like the two things mm. that I love playing with the most. There's, there's so much to unpack there because there's so many <laughs> yeah. things that resonate with me really well. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm doing my very best to not butt in at every <laughs> sentence because there is so many things I actually do want to ask you. But first of all, to kind of underscore what you just said then, um, mm. I have a friend called Trace Eaton and she is an artist mm. and she used to work in color therapy and she talks about the psychology awesome. and some of the evidence behind wearing different colors mm. and how they elicit emotions. And even with people who are blind to prove that it's the energy, like yes, colors have energy. Frequency. Everything yeah. is a vibration in this universe. Everything Correct. has frequency. Which was yeah. utterly fascinating, yeah. uh, which kind of gave me a new perspective and an appreciation for it. So I can definitely embody that. And like you, I 
I love, um, I love to dress up, and I think it's so true about sometimes you have a really extreme mix of, there's no consistency sometimes, you know, you, you, like you said, it might be like rock star one day, leather, black jeans, and another day it's completely like color popping, surfing, hipster, yeah. how you doing? But why not? Why not? Why, and why you, not like, have that? I always say like, I don't want to be put in a box, like nobody yes. puts baby in the corner. Like yep. you don't have to just be one thing. Like you don't have to just be one style. You get to be a chameleon, like we're multifaceted beings. Mm. So have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got to. And if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Yep. I mean, because ultimately <laughs> I, I think, uh, and I've said this many times and I'll say it many more because I think people always need to hear it. Like people need to be reassured that they are loved and cared for. Mm. But ultimately it's the best answer to what to do with your life today is still enjoy it. That is yeah. still the best answer. Like that is literally it because I mean, the fact that we're even here is an absolute miracle and a gift from a scientific perspective. <laughs> so ultimately it's like, hey, we're all gonna end up in the same place, whatever you believe. Let's just have fun along the way, right? We get so totally. caught up in the granularity of life and day-to-day -day living and stresses and jobs and it's people like yourself and people who are doing what they love and then, like you said, with your new business endeavors, being able to help people embody and draw those characters out, whether it's through fashion, expression, indulging in fantasies and, you know, things that they thought that they could never do, even if it's just for a day or an hour, mm -hmm. you know, before reality sinks its fangs back in, but then, <laughs> Perhaps, you know, that was always my sort of verbiage as a kid. I was in fear that, oh, life had to be boring and it was for grown-ups and there was only certain times to play. And I just, like you, always challenged the status quo. I was never, you know, if someone said do this, I'd probably do the opposite. And, you know, got a lot of flack for that, which you probably did, because I always stood out like a sore thumb. And I get it, because yep. if you're going to be different, you're going to get hammered. Yep. But now I embody that, embrace it. That's built character. Totally. But also, it allows you to to tap into different areas of yourself and again like you now i get to like you now show people i'm like you can if you want to do something like we can do it we've just Absolutely. got to break it down we've got to start with where you're at we've got to have some yes we've got to have some science behind it depending on what we want to do but we can do it if you really want to do it and there's no reason why you can't dress up as a superhero totally. every fucking day and get paid great money for it and especially yeah. now more than ever now um, so to kind of tie that into a question, one of the first ones I had when you were speaking about the characters, it, and people always say, you know, what's your favourite this? And it's a really unfair, oh, it's, it's so a really, hard. it's a really unfair. Yeah, no, and, and that's why I've quickly just pulled out of that because I knew you were gonna, I don't know. So I've got a better question. Because it is unfair to ask someone, it's like saying to me, Alex, what's your favourite ice cream? Like I have a knee-jerk reaction, but there's probably a good five. Do you know what I mean? And even then. Depends on the day. Depends on the day, exactly. <laughs> so what I wanted to ask with you, is there any characters which you think you've best suited? And any yes. characters, moreover, that you feel that have really connected with you and what Ooh, you've yeah. learned from them? If you And you can pick a handful, yeah. rather than just saying this one, because again, it depends on the day. Okay. Well, how long you got? Because I got stories for days, but... <laughs> Hours. That's why we have long form content right cool. here. So, well, time. if when Alex puts this up, it might be fun for you guys if I actually send you some pictures yeah, of yeah, yeah. the different costumes, if you guys would like to see I, that. I'll put them up on the screen, can, like right here, right now. Yeah. You can visualize them. <clears throat> but basically, I guess to start with, when I was a little girl, well, all girls are little princesses, but I really wanted to be a princess. I used to joke with my bestie that we were going to go to England and sit on the lawn of the palace yes. and wait for Prince William to propose to us. Exactly. But I was like, I'm going to be a princess. Like, and I was so sure of that. And this is, I guess, the power of manifestation. Like, if you really want something bad enough, 
Like you can totally have it. Absolutely. And the only limitations we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I didn't write that one. But it is true. <laughs> but it is true. And I second it. So I'm not married to Prince William, but I did manifest being a princess in my own way. I actually got to play three princesses for Disneyland and I got to wear the ball gowns and dance around and, and live that magical fantasy. And, you know, I got to stick it to the people who said I wasn't going to be a princess. Because the thing is, it's, <laughs> it's that it's that good. Like the costumes are that good. Oh. The the uh, props, every it's that it's that well done production. now. Like you are pretty much in it. Oh yeah. Um, especially if you did this in America or even like you said, I think you do you Euro Japan Disney, Japan, Hong Disney Kong. in Japan. Yeah, mm, like that. The technology and phenomenal. the costuming and everything is amazing. Like it really feels like magic. Another thing I used to do when I was little, I was obsessed with The Little Mermaid. I used to tie my legs together and be in the pool for like eight hours a day singing Part of Your World and just like dreaming to be her. Mm -hmm. And I got to play her in two different countries. So I did this show where I was strung up in a harness on wires so that I could wear a ginormous mermaid tail and the audience would sit underneath me and I could flip around. I was flying through the air like I was swimming. Phenomenal. So we had to do a month training in Hong Kong before, sorry, Tokyo, before we went into it. Aerial stuff. Learning yeah. how to plank and flip and move in the harness because it's insane body control. Ooh, it is. While you're like singing and saying lines in Japanese and being pretty and like all of the things. Yeah, so, multitasking to the maximum. Yeah, but that show just felt like absolute magic because it was a dream come true, but also just like as you said, the level of production, like the set and the costume, and I'm literally flying through the air, like mm. it just felt euphoric, like it was unreal. So yeah, like mermaids and princesses, I'm sure most little girls love that. Um, while I was in Hong Kong playing Ariel, I had a bit of a hair disaster and I had to cut all of my hair off, like like pretty much all of it oh. like it was this short at the back and sides and I said can you just leave me like a little what, fringe what like, you don't mind me oh, I had a big photo shoot a rock star shoot before I moved and I had extensions yeah, put in like language. the beads ones and I was doing like wild hair flicks like it was unreal but then they, they started to grow out and because I was wearing a red wig every day they dreadlocked at the roots and oh. they had to cut them out Shit. so yeah, so all my hair was gone and even though I worked at Movie World, I'd never really resonated with Marilyn Monroe before. I was more like cute and innocent. I didn't feel myself as that like sexy mm. woman. Very um, powerful. Yeah, <laughs> and then when I cut all my hair off and it started to grow, I curled it one night and I went, holy crap, I look like Marilyn. And I'm like, you do, you, you do gonna... actually look like Marilyn, <laughs> like you have similar features. But I never saw it before mm. and I was like, I'm going to wear my hair like this out on the town. So I went to Lang Kwai Fong, like the bar district in Hong Kong, and the whole street was freaking out. Everyone was like, Marilyn, like wanting photos, and like I was famous. And I was like, And, and is this sort of still in Japan? Yeah, uh, Hong, Hong Kong. I was going to say, because yeah. they would over there. They, they really do, like, they're not afraid to, like, when they see a character or someone, they, they will be like, they'll very oh, yeah. express it to you. Oh, yeah. How like they feel, paparazzi. which is, is lovely, how they <laughs> yeah. do that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so people wanted to touch me and they yeah, they wanted to be like all up in my grill, which is like flattering, but also sometimes really intense. Yeah. Like when you've just woken up and you're like on the train trying to go to work and you're just like, can you please not photograph me right now? But I've had a taste of the celebrity life there and it's cool to know what it feels like, but I'm glad that I most of the time get to change back into Riley and yeah. go about my normal it's life. It's kind of cool. I feel like that's you know, a really intense way to live. It's like the best of both so, worlds. Yeah. But yeah, so then I started doing a lot of pinup shoots and everyone was like, you are just so Marilyn, like 
that's a character that everyone, out of the millions that I do, everyone really resonated with mm. that one for me. Yeah. And so then, yeah, I worked for Universal Studios playing that character. Now I've created like my own show and my own costuming and I do private birthday parties if anyone wants me to do a little happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> and I'll, be put, I'll, put, I'll put the links, I'll put the links in below. So yeah, Marilyn is a big one, but I also resonate with who she was as a being because being somebody that is in the entertainment industry, sometimes people can idolize you or put you on a pedestal, which is something that I think silly. And I used to pedestal people as well. And I've learned not to because everyone has their own unique gifts and things that make them special mm. and beautiful, whether it's on the inside or out. And, you know, everyone at the end of the day is human. We all have our flaws. So. Marilyn was idolized as this sex symbol and, and, and the ditzy blonde and that's all people saw her as and she really struggled in her career because she was actually so well read and intelligent and deeply emotional and like insightful beyond her time and nobody ever gave her credit for that. And she so desperately wanted to be what, there's a quote from Adam Rowa, if you don't know who he is, like look him up, he's incredible, but his quote is, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to be seen, heard, and loved. That's like Absolutely. all everyone wants on a base level. And she didn't feel like she was any of that. People had their image of her and they didn't see the real her. And they sort so, of categorized her as something yeah. different than what she perhaps was. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I sometimes <laughs> resonate because see, people see me as like the shiny performer, but like I'm very deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a more lot, beneath there's the surface. There's a lot more to me than the surface level stuff. So I can understand like how she felt at times. Mm, yeah, which makes sense. Mm. Right, and I want to kind of go a little bit deeper. I want to yes. peel back a layer a sure. little bit more with with the characters, right? Mm. And you alluded to it before with some of the things that go into it. And it's going to be different for different characters. It depends on the location. It depends on obviously you know the environment. It depends on the role you're playing. But what are some of the, the things that go on behind the scenes when you prepare to become a character? That, um, so I want to split this into two things. So first yeah. of all, what do you like to do? And do you have any methods, like for example, in acting, you know, everyone has a different way of learning their lines or they might get into, um, they have different um, cues or anchors to be able to get themselves into character. You yeah. know, sometimes it's extreme, sometimes it's simple. So I want to talk to you maybe some things that you do, some routines, some habits to really embody a character, any research you might do as well. Totally. Versus what are the protocols from maybe the organization standpoint of, you know, what's the costumes like? How do we get into the costumes? Who's making the costumes, measuring the costumes, the makeup that goes into it, the preparation on a night or a day before the show. What does that look like? I want to really give people like that inside view of what goes on mm. uh, and a peek behind the proverbial curtain, if you will, because I think a lot of people, again, and you just alluded to it, you see it from the surface and you go, oh, this is absolutely amazing and it is. But you know, once you've worked on movie sets, once you've seen behind the scenes, one, it can ruin the illusion a little bit. Mm. I find myself not being able to watch, I and mean, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, but I can't watch a lot of yeah, films continuity. anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I just, and it's not that I'm picking the faults, it's just because I've been behind the scenes and done a lot of that and I've mm. had the luxury to do it. I, I can't, unless it's very well done, I don't get captivated by it. I see through it. And I'm mm. like, you need to give me the illusion. You need to give me the magic. Yeah. And that and that is, you know, no disrespect to the people who are doing it, but sometimes if it's not well written or executed, and it doesn't have to be um, a massive production. Like even some of the best comedies being biased, British, 
written sitcoms that are so simple, even shot in three scenes, are just absolutely phenomenal because of the storyline, mm. the characters, and the way they collaborate. It's just absolutely magic, in my opinion. But again, coming back to the question, let's kind of separate that in two. Um, your preparation protocols or things that you like to do to get into a character versus talk to us about for the people listening okay what actually goes into a show and you might use obviously real life examples because i know it's different yeah. and it's a big question a couple yeah. of questions so break you're, it down you're, you're you super like. on it though like you obviously understand it and that just made me realize maybe keeping that fantasy or that kind of like letting people see you as that isn't a bad thing mm. because yeah perhaps if they knew all the nitty-gritty and the good, the bad, and the ugly that goes on backstage, it wouldn't it. be as awe-inspiring. Mm. And as performers, we get to create magic for people. And it's just like, I guess, if you went to see a magic show and you knew how all the tricks work, just would, yeah. then it wouldn't be as exciting. So yeah, perhaps having a, a little air of mystery isn't a bad thing. Correct, you <laughs> definitely all. need it. Um, but yeah, I guess, my preparation, I did learn a lot for working for big corporations like Disney and Universal Studios. So usually you will go in and do like a good month of training before they even let you on set. And they give you at Disney what they call the Disney Bible. So it has like a full write up on everything about your character, like what their name is, what where they come from, how old they are. That's awesome. Um, you know, all the ins and outs. Of course, you need to do your character research and like watch a bunch of films or cartoons or like whatever that is, as much as you can see. I'm very visual, so with Marilyn, like I would really listen to how she speaks. I would look at the poses that she would do. I would copy the way that she walks. Mm, it's all the nuances that create yeah, a character. Yeah, and the more that you can visually take in, like. Marilyn was one of the hardest characters because with a lot of them, they're cartoons or fictional characters. So it doesn't have to be spot on. But with Marilyn, I felt like all this pressure, like, yeah. oh, I, I, I want to do her justice because she was a real person. Yeah. And no one can ever be exactly like her. Yeah. But yeah. I tried to emulate and honor as much of her as I could. Mm. And it's funny, sometimes people are like, oh, do the voice or something. And I feel really weird. But as soon as I put on that yeah, costume yeah. and I walk onto set like I'm her, like it's going back to what we said before, like having the costume or the clothing really helps you to embody the energy of that thing. Mm. So that's a big part of the preparation is, of course, starting with the visual, like getting the makeup right, getting the hair or the wig right, getting the right costume and making sure it feels good to move in and it all of those things so visually creating the character at first and then yet yeah, the way that character walks the way that character talks the, do they have an accent you know getting practicing that mm. sometimes we would have um you know accent coaches even to make sure that it's legit um how do, how would they pose how would they respond to different situations so uh a really good thing at Universal Studios, they teach you how to deal with people and people get offended if you tell them no or kind mm. of like shut them down and you don't ever want to offend a guest that's paid money to come and see you, you For know? Sure. So they teach you really diplomatic, nice ways in, in the character of dealing with unwelcome, you know, touching or a comment or something. So you've just got to stay like positive and upbeat. So one thing they say is Marilyn, like if somebody is trying to fill you up, 
Like yeah. you just spin away example. and like do a dance move or something rather than like, you know, swatting their hand or something. Unless that or, was part of the character. Or, or, or I'd joke that I'd say, oh, you're a little bit frisky, aren't you? And yeah. then they'd kind of realise what they were doing or I'd say, you know, you better buy me dinner first or mm. just make like yeah, a you cheeky can't come comment out of character, to like right? snap them out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's maintaining that character at all times. So even when Which would be challenging. I've had friends come and visit me and they're like, whoa, you didn't even break character for us. And I'm like, I can't. Like you have to keep the fantasy yeah, at all times and think like how would that that person or that character respond to this situation and you do kind of get training as you go or That's cool. it's also good to question yourself when you come off set <laughs> and go through things that happen that maybe felt a bit weird and go how could I respond to that thing better because mm. yeah, there's only so many uh, things you can prepare for before you have to live it yeah, and, and then sometimes you like you, you learn to be quick. Mm. Like the best performers are the ones that can improvise and think on their feet and come back to people really quickly. Like Correct. you always come off set and you're like, oh damn, I should have said that thing. But it is it is really practice and repetition. Like mm. if you want to be good at anything in life, it's practice and repetition. Mm. So you get better at it as you go, Absolutely. for sure. But yeah, costuming is a huge thing. The visual aspect, doing your research, watching as much as you can or reading as much as you can getting to know the character and then just the practice of how to respond in real time mm. um, with different people and situations. So yeah, yeah. they're the biggest things. But some of my costumes have huge props and you know, I have different costume makers that I go to. So it's also sourcing the right people to help you. So is that uh, is something that usually is done by the company though for the most part? I mean, maybe not now if you're yes, doing your they, own. They give you everything. Gig. Like you get treated oh, like good, a yeah. rock star. You get, you know, given your flights and accommodation and all your costumes and they really treat you like a princess. Yeah. Um, but when I do my own stuff, I have to create everything myself. Yeah. But I do. Are you quite good with that? Like hands on yeah. artsy, as in you're good on the sewing machine and all that sort of stuff? No. <laughs> no. I can, I can like hand stitch. But you've got the right like people. I can fix a hole. But I also love to support other artists and creatives because yes. I know where yes. my levels of genius are. And I also see people that are better than me in other areas. And I like to collaborate. And I, like something I love is the phrase collaborate, don't compete. Mm. You know, like I always want to support other artists and sometimes I bring in other people to work with me and different projects, even if they're from other agencies. Like there doesn't have to be this bitchy kind of competitive energy. We're all doing the same yeah. thing yeah. because we love the art or we love the dance or we love making people happy or creating those magic moments. So like, let's work together. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important, like you said, to know where you excel yeah. because at some point you can only spread yourself so far. And it's exhausting trying to do all the things, trust oh, me. Yeah. Burnout is not fun. No, <laughs> so exactly. There is a point where you have learning to... learning to delegate. Yeah. yeah. And, and invest um, in, in those people, in those resources. Something yeah. that's always fascinated me with suits. Um, like and finding people online who actually make the movie grade suits mm. and they can customize them for people and whatnot and mm -hmm. I just think it's like some of the work that goes into those suits and those outfits is absolutely unbelievable mm -hmm. like it, it just blows my mind can you give us an example of maybe some of the most extravagant costumes characters suits whatever you want to call mm. it attire that you have been um, or had the pleasure to be able to wear that's been like, wow, this took us a bit of time to get in here, or wow, it might have been uh, an accessory on the outfit that was, say, really iconic, or it could have just been the whole getup that made you feel like a complete. Let's say, for example, let's take um, 
uh, X-Men uh, and Mystique, for example. Like getting, oh, the so, body paint. I mean, yeah. imagine, because I've done the body paint, not even Mystique, but it's like, it, there's so much work that goes oh, in before you even get there. It takes hours, like out, like it can take like three hours to do a full body paint. Because Mystique is, um, I believe there are people who play her. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think yeah. there's everything now, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, I know there's a suit they use as a base layer sometimes, depending on the methodology, and then sometimes they go full on paint or they do a bit of both. Mm. It depends, but um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anything. Well, that comes yeah, to in the industry, you. like you'll see, you know, Mystique come out and do a show for like 30 minutes, and you'll think, "Is that it?" But the amount of preparation that takes <laughs> oh, to present that show Jesus, is yeah. actually months. Mm. Like people don't realize, and um, yeah, it, it takes months to put together a show and people are like, oh, can you just come out and do like a 30 minute dance? And you're like, first of all, who has that kind of stamina? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when you like, know about dancing. When, for example, when I, I also love dancing Latin dance, um, I train a lot of, used to train a lot of salsa and compete. A two minute routine for a salsa competition, Ooh. two minutes. Some people start a year out. A, a year of training like multiple times a week for something that's over in two minutes. Like that's how much preparation can go into some of these things. Yeah, yeah. And that usually is the case. Yeah. It's like the bodybuilding industry too. Yeah, bodybuilding. You, you know, thing. you're on stage for like maybe lucky if you're five minutes, mm -hmm. maybe a bit longer. But all you're doing is like four or five poses. Yeah. But it takes you like twelve months properly to get into yeah. the actual condition if you do it right. Yeah. And you're preparing everything by the time you're done. And it's yeah, there's and so much. And people look at you and go, oh, I wish I could be like that. Well, you can, but get prepared to train for a yeah. year. It's not pay to play. <laughs> you can't just go yeah. pay your money and do it. Yeah. Not if you want to do it properly. It's yeah, it's all yeah, that goes you, into you it. You understand the level of commitment that these kind of high level things take. So. Yes, there is a lot. There is a lot in that. So yeah. perhaps now I want to talk about sometimes, you know, you talked about some of the highlights to a degree. I want to maybe contrast that a little bit with, mm. and you even mentioned some of the challenges as well as a character, you know, when people come up to you and how to deal with people and not break character and all of that sort of stuff. But what about a challenging or a set of challenging times that you've had that have been great learnings for you. You know, maybe you mentioned about the hair, you know, you had to cut that out and that was a bit, but then it's sort of transpired into a black clouds and silver linings with the character. Is yeah. there any specific times in your career or some of the toughest moments, whether that was through travel, whether that was getting a character or just when kind of everything was against you so it felt, um, what were some of those times? What did you learn from them? And maybe just talk us through a little bit. Absolutely, all right. We're about to go deep, fam. So. Still, we're going <laughs> to Maryland another level. Hair, I call it my beautiful <clears throat> disaster. Like mm. that was just like kind of external, surface level, you know, aesthetic, yeah. whatever. But it did lead to a beautiful like embodiment of a new character. Mm. One of the most profound moments in my life where I literally um, felt my heart break and I thought my entire world was ending and my life turned out even better than what I'd planned was, um, yeah, I, I briefly touched on it, I said I wouldn't go into it, but the Australian Ballet School thing, like that institution is intense. They audition all over Australia and all around the world and they only take 15 boys and 15 girls every year. Because ballet is, just quickly to interject, is notorious for discipline. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it, it, you know, people think of the Russian ballet school, the British, you know. We, and we did Russian style ballet. And I think everywhere <laughs> around the world, it's kind of the same. Like, if you're doing ballet, prepare to sell your soul. Yeah. Uh, in some respects. It's, um, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a movie or a TV series on Netflix called Tiny Pretty Things. And 
I had a bit of resistance to watching it at first, but I'm so glad I did because there's a narration through the entire thing and the quotes are brilliant. It's quite accurate. She though. was able to articulate things that I couldn't quite put into words myself, but they basically said like, ballet is Darwinian, like it is a test of survival. Like we do things that should be physically impossible, pushing our body to the absolute extremes of what is physically possible yeah. while making everything look completely effortless. Mm. Like you, you bleed, you get injured, like you're, every part of you is in pain, but they say like if you dance through the pain, then there's no more pain. Mm. Like, and you can't say, oh, sorry, my body's sore today. Like, they don't care. Mm. It's like that whole, um, there's also a great image yeah. where one ballet shoe is on and one shoe is off and, like, the foot is completely destroyed. But yeah, mine are in, too bad. In the boot, it's... <laughs> yeah, you probably conditioned yourself with all of the other attire that you've worn, I imagine. Yeah. But, yeah, you do build up some sort of resilience. And, and the thing is, that's just the physical aspect. There's also the emotional aspect. Like, I had to make massive sacrifices when I was a kid, instead of playing with my friends on the weekend, I would be in the studio training. When I was 15 and I got into the Australian Ballet to train, yeah. I moved to Melbourne from the Gold Coast, away from my family, my friends, everything I'd ever known and loved because that was my dream and I was going for it. That yeah. was a huge sacrifice. Yeah. I've left my family multiple times. I've left relationships for career opportunities because that dream was like stronger than any fear or any bond. Mm. Like, so... Yeah, there's this huge sacrifice that was involved, but um, that's the emotional side. And then there's the mental side, like constantly being told that you're too fat when I weighed 42 kilos, like being told that you suck, that you're never good enough, like nothing is ever good enough. And somebody said to me once, Riley, ballet ruined you. And I was like, what? And I got a bit defensive at first. I was like, what do you mean? And it's like the level of the perfectionism that you possess, like nothing is ever going to be good enough for you. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, like it's, it's kind of right in a bit. Just like you said, when you see behind the scenes of a movie, then you're like going to pick or you just notice things. And it's not like you're trying to necessarily pick it apart, but mm. there's part of your brain that like knows the perfect way it should be done. And then you really can see all of the mm. faults in it it's a bit annoying the actually. veil becomes lifted yeah. and you're like oh you can't unsee what's been seen sometimes. yeah and i try not to but i'll watch another dancer my brain's picking them to shreds and not that yeah, you yeah. want to no it's just but, your like, it's brain just is focused trained on that. into you yeah. that like this has to be a certain way or it's not good enough mm. so yeah it, it does it has made me like strive to do everything well, like mm. I have a high standard, but it, it can also be detrimental. So it's just being aware of when you're going like too far and just like relaxing the reins a little bit, like that's good enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, this um, is true. Yeah, what is it? So, um, polishing things mm. to perfection is a low level activity mm. because perfection in and of itself is subjective. Yeah, it's, and one might say it doesn't even exist. Like. Well, this is it, and it's hard, isn't it, sometimes to find that level. And it's yeah. it's better to be on that side of it, though, than that side of it. Yeah. Sometimes we have to pull back a bit and go, okay, well, that, that is actually adequate, yeah. but now where is that other time and energy? Otherwise, you just end up going around in circles and circles and just, you over-refine something. You can become something. obsessed. Mm. Like, mm. there were girls in my class that were obsessed. They'd be up at 2 or 3 in the morning practicing. They'd come into class, and they were so obsessed with being thin that they didn't eat for days, and I had girls literally pass out on the oh, floor in front of me. The ballet like, girls are terrible scary. for scary. I saw all of the girls like turning into skeletons and I felt really upset but that was their choice and I was getting berated because I wasn't the same level of 
skinny like they actually you know they were sick there was anorexia there was bulimia I could hear them throwing up in the toilets mm. next to me as a 15 16 year old that was like difficult and I, again my rebellious streak I'm like I'm not starving myself first of all I'm gonna be the crankiest B-I-T-C-H yeah. that ever walked the earth. And how do you have the energy? Well, you need to we're, fuel we're, the machine. We were like Olympians. We were training six days a week, all day, like full out. Like, how do you do that if you're not fueling your body? So, yeah, it was it was, it was a lot to deal with. Um, and yeah, I was very badly bullied and harassed as well by classmates, you know, if I got a better role than them or I won a scholarship and they didn't, like, it was horrific, the mm. level, like the tall poppy syndrome Australia fam, that's got to go. Like there is room for everyone to, to exceed, succeed. There and is a lot of that over Just here. because like there's somebody shining bright, like doesn't mean that you can't shine bright in your own way. Like don't pull people down. There's room for everybody to be amazing and like be inspired by them. Take them as inspiration to like, you know, improve your Learn life, from but them. don't pull them down. Like. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to go. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's but, too much of that here. Yeah, so I was bullied not only by other students, but also by... Just a quick one, guys, before we carry on with the podcast. For any of you who are interested in taking your health and physique to the next level and you want to remove the guesswork, you're not quite getting the progress that you want, you're not seeing what you want to see in the mirror, and you're not feeling like you're really moving in the right direction, then click the link in the bio below the apply button where you can contact me. We can organize a free consultation, no obligation and discover whether it's a good fit as coach and client. All right, back to it. All right, we're back. For you, we're not back because we were there. But anyway, that's all good anyway. So Back to it. So Where were we? Because I'm usually it. good. Yeah, and I, forgot. I was just saying, like, yeah, it, it, it was challenging physically, and mentally, emotionally, and I got uh, the this, the course. There's usually three years, and I ended up doing four because I fractured my foot and I had to repeat a year. Mm. I was mm. two months from the final graduation where we did a big showcase and all the directors would come and watch and that's where you kind of get placement into the ballet companies. That was my dream, to be a soloist in a ballet company. Two months before that final kind of placement, I was really stressed. I was being harassed in the class by my teacher and I had a panic attack for the first time. And I was a teenager, I didn't, I'd never experienced anxiety like that before, I didn't know what was happening. All of a sudden my whole body went red and my head got dizzy and I couldn't see properly and I, I was gasping for air and I was like freaking out and I had no idea what was happening or what to do, I thought I was going to die, so I like ran out of the room and I was just sitting in the corridor like hyperventilating it's literally. Like a panic attack or something. Yeah, I had a panic attack. and. There was some, a staff member that came to see me and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, I can't breathe. And instead of being like caring, she shut me in a room and hid me away so that nobody would see me. And then left the room and I, I was just so panicked, I didn't know what was happening. She came back in, handed me a paper bag and then left again and I was like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And then I remembered, I think I'd seen in a movie that you can breathe into the paper bag if you're hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. So I tried that, but like, it was a pretty stressful situation. And then I got called into the director's office. They told me they thought that I wasn't coping and asked me to leave. After four years, 
I had, I had moved away, like packed up my life to be there for four years, had trained six days a week, had put everything into it, and two months before graduation, they just said, it's time for you to go. You're not coping. All because of that one episode? Oh, uh, like I, I had been saying to them that I was struggling a little bit, like mentally, mm. but instead of being offered help, they just saw that as me being weak and didn't really offer me the right support. And mm. I hope that now these kind of institutions have more counsellors and support for mm. the athletes or the dancers. Um, but back then it was just, they didn't care. If you were a weak link, see ya. Mm. So I literally felt my heart break in that director's office and absolutely lost it on the couch. Instead, again, instead of being comforting, she couldn't bear to see me like that. So she asked me to be taken from the room and I was hysterical. Like I thought everything that I'd worked for from when I was three years old was over. Like my life was over. And I actually wasn't okay. Like my mum came down and moved to be back to Queensland. I couldn't get out of bed for two weeks. Um, I couldn't move. I was so broken. And I didn't leave the house. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to see anyone for like two or three months. And then that's when I started with personal development. My mum gave me a book um, called You Can Be Happy No Matter What by Dr. Richard Carlson. It's really light and fun and easy to read and it basically just teaches you that everything is a result first of your thoughts which turn into feelings, which turn into actions, which then affects your entire life. So everything starts from your thoughts and it teaches you about those mental snowballs, how you know you think a bad thought and another one and another one and then all of a sudden it's this huge thing that you can't deal with. So it's like being aware, catching that thought um, you know, when it first begins mm. and seeing if you can reframe it or, you know, is that actual reality or am I overreacting or is that my perception of that thing? You know, just, just mental awareness. And so then I, f I felt that that was helping. So I just started reading heaps of self-help and personal development books and basically cured myself of like a really intense depression. Mm. Um, and my parents were like, you know, if you want to quit ballet, that's okay. We just want you to be happy. Mm. And I said, oh, I'm not quitting. I'm just taking a time out. Yeah. And then I ended up getting offered a scholarship to go to New York City. I danced my dream role of Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, got my first standing ovation in New York City, like wow. put, put myself back together. But that was also then when I got the job at Movie World too, because my friend was doing it. I thought that looks like fun. Mm. And I was like, it doesn't have to be just ballet. Just because I'm not the prima ballerina and that's it, my life isn't over. I can do other things. And the ballet training helped me to be good at martial arts. It helped me to, you know, have a good physique. It helped me to be dedicated. It helped me to stand out in auditions because of my dance technique. So all of that training, I'm still so grateful for, even though it was brutal, mm. because it gave me like really good foundations. But I also learned that, yeah, there's, 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 yeah, there's, there's more than just that one thing also. And when I work with people or teach people or train people, I'm never going to be like that. Like, I don't need to break someone or put them down to get results. I prefer to motivate by encouraging and inspiring. So that really like shaped the kind of person that I am and I don't have a nasty bone in my body. Like I would never intentionally try mm. to make somebody feel bad. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be that way. It gets Correct. to be different. Correct. So massive learnings, massive through my whole career into a different direction. But then I had a principal, like the top tier dancer of the Australian ballet, 
watch my career and say I'm so jealous of you I'm like why you're in the role that like is the top role like that's mm -hmm. where I wanted to be and he said no but like we're working our butt off getting treated like crap being underpaid and you, yeah I was gonna say and he's like you're traveling either. the world and doing all these exciting things and you have so much variety and your life looks so fun and I'm like well yeah it is so you know other other girls I saw unfortunately when they didn't make it I saw them like you know working in Woolies or choosing a completely different career path and just giving up dance because it was just too painful um, so I'm glad that I still you know kept the dance and kept the performing but just let it open a new door and it's not what I expected to happen it's not what I originally wanted but it's been more than I could ever dream of so it was all perfect mm. in the end yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's quite inspirational in and of itself. And the ballet school does have that notorious element for really messing with people psychologically. Yeah, especially. like the TV shows that you see can relate. Like it's yeah. not that make-believe. I always go to Pineapple <laughs> Dance Studios uh, yeah, yeah. and Louis Fank because he's just absolutely he's fucking crazy. Comes in, they're not on solid. You know, and you go in and he's like, and it's true though. I mean, I've, had the, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of dancers who have been high-level ballet and like, their discipline is phenomenal. They're great to coach in terms of they listen, they take it in, they execute with absolute precision, mm. but there's so much mental hurdles to unpack, yeah. usually around food. A lot of them usually do have an eating disorder or yeah. a bad relationship with food. And, yeah. and it, again, it's been because, it's because of the foundation. because you're bullied and harassed to think that your body yeah. is yeah. terrible. Mm. When and it's ballerinas, just physiques, oh my God, they're incredible. Phenomenal. It works every single muscle in your body. Like they're the athletes of God. Mm. Like. Yeah. And when you fuel the body right, yeah. you can look and perform even better, which is exactly. the greatest irony with yeah. the ballet, it's, you'd think that at this point they would have nutritionists in there and yeah, maybe, maybe they do, do now. Yeah, we do have them and... come in like maybe like <laughs> once, but there should, I, I hope. There needs to be more support. It, exactly, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. I hope that that is the future. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and a niche uh, there, I think, especially. Totally. And, and for a lot of other um, um, industries too, like models are a really big one. A few of yep. my friends are professional models, same thing. Mm. They got shipped out to New Actresses York. Actresses as well 14. feel like they have to be a stick. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's kind of like completely in, in, in conflict with performance, mm. uh, for, whether that's mentally or physically. Like you, you need to kind of. You and know, the thing is, if you love yourself and you feel good in your body, like your energy is different, you move different, you're more confident, you're more radiant. Like people said, Marilyn had that X factor. Like, she was notoriously late. She had psychological issues and unworthiness and all of the things. But as soon as she stepped on camera, she just magic. She just glowed. There was a magic about her. That that X factor, as they call it, like you're more likely to have X factor if you're feeling good within yourself. Yes. Like, and it's not you know fake it till you make it. Like. Well, yeah. you feel good. You look good. You look good. You feel good. It's a it's yeah. a continuation of each other. And uh, I think a lot of people, yeah, it, it's the greatest irony. It's because it's something that's so simplistic, but people are constantly overlook it. You know, it's like look near before you look far, serve yourself before you serve others. There's so many different ways you can sort of preface it in there. Mm. But there's, I think there's a lot of great takeaways in your journey and your story for people to know that, yeah, it doesn't always have to go the fairy tale or the script isn't always going to be as it's written. There is going to be a time it's to rip the script up. twists and turns and curveballs. Yeah, but, but you can always pull it together or there's always, sometimes when one chapter closes, that's what is needed. Exactly. to broaden another chapter and we it's, just don't it's know it's just trust like 
People say like God or the universe never gives you anything that you can't handle. So it's trusting that if something's happening, it's for a reason. And maybe you can't see what that reason is yet. Even if you have a breakup or something and you're so distraught, like you can't see at the time why that happened. But then hindsight, you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. So yeah. just, just trusting that everything will unfold the way it's meant to. And sometimes when you think everything's just the worst possible situation, it can actually grow into the most beautiful thing. Well yeah. said, well said. I want to transition into talking about play because we mentioned uh -huh. that, something you're really passionate about. That has obviously been a bit of a theme in this conversation before we get onto the more rapid fire. So let's talk a bit about that. You said to me before, you know, play, we need to do it more. A lot of people feel that they can't play. You know, we exchange some ideas around that. Let's talk about the concept of playing, how we can play, why is it important to play and what it means to you and perhaps now with your latest endeavors and businesses, how you help people play more and embody that playful role or, sure. or to uh, unleash the inner child for a lack of better words. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a great quote and it's, we don't grow, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Love it. And I guess I just definitely embody a childlike spirit because I literally still play dress ups for a living. Like that's just something that's so naturally in me. But lately I've been listening to feedback around me and people are just like, wow, there's like an innocence to you or you're such a child. And I'm like, well, yeah, I am. And I guess to me that's kind of normal. But then I, I look around and I realize that a lot of people ha don't allow their inner child to express. Um, I feel sad when I hear people tell me, oh, you're so lucky, you know, you got to follow your dreams. I'm like, well, why didn't you follow yours? And it could have been a teacher or a friend or a partner or a parent or someone in their life that told them, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that thing or you're not good enough to do that thing or that's not a real job as artists hear a lot. Um, yeah, one of my ex-boyfriends, I asked him, he, he didn't have much passion in his life and I'm such a passionate person. I was like, let's pull that out of you. You've got to be excited about something. Come on. Like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? He said, oh, I loved art, I loved to draw and paint, but you know, at school they told me I couldn't be an artist, like that wasn't a real job. I had to do like science or IT, or so that's what he ended up doing, IT, and he was very good at it, but was he passionate about it? Did he love it? Absolutely not. But that dream of being an artist was completely crushed, and that makes me feel sad when I hear that people have gone through their whole life like not doing what they really love. And but the thing is, everything in life is a choice. So if you don't like where you're at, you can make a different decision and it's gonna be scary. But like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like, most of the best things in life exist outside of your comfort zone. And so it's good to lean into that fear, to just play in the possibilities of like, what could happen? Maybe it could go wrong, oh well, at least you tried, but what, what if it could go right? Like life could be so much more exciting and magical and like so many doors could open. But if you don't maybe want to change like your whole career, could you still embody some of those artistic qualities? Could you take a drawing or painting class now? Could you start a little side hustle selling art? Like, you know, could you allow your inner child like the honor of fulfilling that dream? And like, why not? <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it. 
And people get embarrassed, or oh, what will other people think if I do that thing? Like, who gives a fuck? People are gonna judge anyway, so you might as well be having fun. And something I think, like, if you don't have any haters or nobody's criticizing you, you're probably not making enough waves. Like, you're not making enough impact in the world. And the more impact you make, the more you shine. Trust me, I know. The more people probably are gonna talk some crap about you or try and make you feel bad, but shine anyway because there are going to be those people that are inspired by you and even if it's one person that you inspire or you change their life by being you and doing what you're passionate about then it's worth it absolutely i think a lot of people need to hear that and need to hear it more mm. and you know you can't force people i always say you can't make someone do no. something you can lead by example you can hold space you know you can present options opportunities you can speak to them inspirationally and whatever it is you know a lot of things you articulated really well there but ultimately your your reality is is completely in your control for the most part but you said it in that conversation there a lot of people just focus on the the, the negatives rather than the positives you know you said but what if it does go right like yeah but everyone's always so like oh, it'll go wrong it'll be this it'll be it's like you don't know that you can't know until you do it and as Again, you said it's the trust piece like trust yourself trust that you have the power within you give it a go. to make it happen and if you're constantly thinking it's gonna stuff up then it probably will because we create our own reality so I have a little tattoo on my wrist, you probably can't see it because it's white ink, but it says faith. Oh, so does that come out in, in dark? I mean, I it's can see it. It's not glow in the dark, no. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not you can, reactive, you, you, I have tested it. Oh, okay, because okay. you, can, you can get the glow in the dark ones I now. I think apparently. you can, yeah. yeah. It's phosphorus or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can anyhow, see it though, yeah, it's good. This, is, this faith word I'm tattooed on my wrist is just a simple reminder for me of one of my favorite quotes, which is, fear and faith are flip sides of a coin and you choose which side you look at. I like that. So every time you go into the fear mentality, make the conscious decision to flip it to faith. Well, what, what if it goes right? What if I do fly? You know, and if you have faith, you're more likely to succeed. You're more likely to create the life that you desire. It's true. It's true. There's, there's two things that come to mind there. One of them is the goddess of good luck favors men or women of action. Yes. Who are bold. We make our own luck. Correct. Mm. And then the second one is expect the best, prepare for the worst. Mm. So it's realistic. But yeah. if you're always, like you said, what you focus on always becomes a reality. And you can totally. use, there's so many metaphors and analogies and maxims to kind of describe that. But ultimately it's just do it. Like, you well, know, even as you said before, happen. sometimes even if the thing does go wrong and it doesn't work, it can lead to something mm. else. Well, that's that usually does. Is a good thing. So. It all unfolds the way it's meant to. It's all a bit confusing sometimes, but yeah, just do what lights you up to the best of your ability and just watch the magic unfold. There you go. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and listen to it again, people. I think it's really important for people to get that. If, if people truly want to, you know, to do something like that. And it's not, I don't think people should feel obligated, but I always say, you know, whether it's, um, Whatever it is that you enjoy, it could be making origami or paper planes, and people always Anything. laugh. Anything, nothing but, is nothing is silly. Well, this is what I mean. But people laugh, and I'm like, yeah, but there's someone out there who does that, and they're probably getting immense, like, paid immensely for doing it. But regardless of that, do what you enjoy, because at the end of the day, at least you can look back and go, well, I enjoyed my life because I did something that I liked. Totally, and, and it, even if you think it's geeky or weird, oh, or there's someone out there who doesn't like it. Who cares? If you love it, do it. I had a guy approach me once and ask me if. 
I was truly into circuit boards because my t-shirt, which I didn't realize at the time because the writing was very cursive in nature, said, I love circuit boards. And he approached me in the supermarket and said, do you love circuit boards? And I was like, what do you want about it? He's like, your t-shirt, it says I love circuit boards. I was like, I didn't know that. And he goes, I'm into circuit boards. I was just wondering if you were, and he was genuine. And I was like, yeah. I laughed because it was funny, but I was kind of like, Fuck, like there's people out there into everything. So, yeah. and, and I mean, the sex industry proves that, but there is literally a niche <laughs> for everything and everyone. If you put it out there, you'll find yeah. like-minded individuals. You'll find your tribe. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you can just like, you dabble between many and why not? Why just why only not? have one ice cream flavor where you can try the whole, you know, palette, yep. if you will. Because you don't know if you don't try something as well. Yeah, sometimes and, and you can do it. gets to be fun. You get to try all of the things. Like, And the flavors. <laughs> Yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely a life worth living for sure. So let's transition into the rapid fire questions mm. before my final question, right? Uh, and these are a bit more fun, they're a bit more lighthearted in nature. So my first one is this. Uh, and usually I ask people, if you could choose a superhero, what superhero would you be and why? Now I don't know if that's appropriate for you because you've, you've kind <laughs> of played them all. But I didn't ha like legitimately have the magic powers though. So. No, exactly. So I guess if you could choose a superpower, which is kind of, it's different, but it's in line. What superpower would you choose to have? Or perhaps you already embody the superpower. 100% flying. Oh yeah, there you go. Just being able to fly. Like I've tasted it through flying on like, I don't know. Those guy wires. Bungee and ropes stuff. and stuff. But like to actually fly, oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool, especially now, just to be able to get around. And I yeah. guess just experiencing flight is And seeing the world uncanny. from a different perspective. Mm, mm. Absolutely. What about your favorite food? If you had one last meal, and you can have it in multiple courses, you've traveled the world, you've had a lot of cuisine, so this is gonna be a good one for you. What is the one thing you just can't say no to? Or the set of things, again, it can be, I like people, because I'm a real foodie. You can have entree, main, dessert, if you like, and a drink with it, so. What do you? What would you go for then? If it had to be a cuisine, mm. I would say Japanese, mm. just because it's like it's quite healthy. There's beautiful colours. The presentation is immaculate. Especially traditional Japanese, because oh, yeah. it's very different that, to the Japanese. That's one thing here. I love about Japanese people. Like if they love something, they're like so studious and they really put in so much effort into making that thing beautiful. Absolutely. It's not just slapped together. Like oh, it's no. art. So, and there's just, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful things and their desserts as well, like the mochi and the green tea ice cream and like, mm, it's, it's yummy. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> Where's the Japanese? Yeah, right there, Hero Sushi. <laughs> right there, Hero Sushi. Yatta! <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Magic I don't know if it's as good magic, as what... Magic exists. Good as what you described, but I don't know. We can get over there and they might be like, yeah, Check I can make out. that. Um, <laughs> My next one would be kind of a lead on to that. Uh, and this is, again, probably an insightful question or an interesting one to ask you because you've embodied characters. Again, you've done a lot of traveling. If you could um, meet three people, have dinner, you know, have your favorite sushi with three to four people dead or alive, and this is gonna change, right? If you think about this over the day, it'll change the week. So right now, who would you be inviting around the table to have this sushi with and share some conversations? Marilyn Monroe because you hear so much about her energy and you can kind of see it on screen but I would love to feel her presence but also like really feel her because I know like behind the scenes she did have like a lot of pain but just feeling like when she makes that switch into the screen star and how that like changes and I would love to just like pick her brain on like the deeper things and the things that she didn't get to share. 
So she's definitely one. Um, one's just popped into my head. I think Walt Disney, because like how freaking magical is Disney? And that man changed the world. Like not only through the cartoons and the movies and like the joy, but also like the physical theme parks. Like people say they're the happiest place on earth. And I've worked in two of them and traveled to other ones and legitimately like the joy and the celebration and the color and the fun and the magic in those places is just mm. next level. His story is inspirational. Like if people yeah. sort of want to listen to his Walt story, it is fucking phenomenal. Mm. Like if you <laughs> you want to achieve something in life, go and listen to that man's story. Yeah. The odds were against him and now you see what an absolute behemoth Disney is and the magic it's yeah. yeah. But anyway, just a side note on that, but yes. Yeah. He would be a good one. <laughs> Bruce Lee. <laughs> My little kung fu nerd in there, like, yes, definitely would love uh, just his philosophy and oh, he's, his, great. Uh, he's, he's incredible. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and another one while we're on the kung fu train, Jackie Chan. I love him so much. I love how he again fun play. He's taken something very serious like martial arts and made it fun. He would like strangle you with that rope and like whack you with the fake plan and like. He just uses Objects. everything around him in the most creative way, and he's so fun. You go this way, and I go that way. <laughs> <sighs> I love Rush Hour with Chris Tucker. Yes. So good. He, he so would fun. be really fun. Yeah, I imagine that would yeah. be a really good conversation. That would be a good meal I would like to attend. Absolutely. Mm. Um, before my final question, I've got, um, I want to ask you one more, actually, because I'm interested in your perspective of this, mm. which is... Because James Bond's coming out, I have a session with James Bond. Um, who do you think, just, who do you think the new actor's gonna be? Who do you think the new James Bond's gonna be? I've Ooh. weaseled it down, or should I say, wilted it down to four people. Who are you for? Mm, well, my picks, I'm gonna give my top two. My top two is Idris Elba. After Ooh. seeing him play, Luther was phenomenal, mm. and his continuity, and just like, when he's got that mix of he's dark, he's rough, but he's clean cut enough and he's still got enough class and elegance to kind of play the role. Yeah. And then I was presented with the other option, which I really, really think could take the cake, and that's Henry Cavill. Oh, damn. Yeah, because I would watch that. He is gorgeous. He's got the look. <laughs> he's got the style. The he's got the hair. He's got the suit, if you've seen A Man From Uncle. And I just thought, you know what? That's, that's, oh, please. Please that's let it be Henry Cavill. <laughs> almost a done deal. And what an actor that guy is. Like, what an actor from when he started off and like the Tudors and things like that, it's so good. Anyway, yeah. so that's that's my pick. I don't want that to taint your view, but because there's been a lot of speculation, you know, mm. is it going to be Tom Hardy? Is it going to be, you know, Jason Statham? And I said, yeah, I'm good, but I'm just thinking of the trip. If they're going to stay. Tom Hardy's a little bit rough around the edges. And so yeah. Statham. Yeah, so I, not Statham, yeah, he's, too, he's the bad boy. But, but they could second guess us. I mean, if you look at all the Bonds, they have got harder and a bit more rough. Yeah. You know, like Daniel Craig is definitely the roughest, toughest, bit more masculine. And this is also the thing, like, mm. just like we brought up with Marilyn, like, these actors can be stereotyped yes. because they get popular for one thing and then they're just given, like, that thing. Yeah. So sometimes, like, Eric Banner, he is a beautiful example. I grew mm. up when I was a kid watching him on The Comedy Company, if anyone remembers that, but mm. it was like an Aussie TV show that was on all the time. Me and my family used to sit around and laugh at it, and he was the funny guy. So then when I saw him in big Hollywood blockbusters playing serious characters, like it took me a while to like take him seriously. It was really odd for me watching him playing dramatic roles and stuff where he wasn't being a comedian. I love Same when thing actors as, like, Jim do that. Jim Carrey did, you know, yeah. like 
but there's yeah we're again we're multifaceted beings so there's more than one type of character that these people can play so really the possibilities are open mm. it's like um is it edward cullen who played twilight mm. or, and now he's playing batman really he's playing he's the latest batman huh, and you know, know he that. started off in harry potter and you think wow but then and you know and i was a bit like oh i don't know and then i've seen it and i'm like oh yeah that's dark like mm. that is you've You've actually, from what I've seen, again, what I've seen, but I'm like, you know what? Fair play to you. Yeah. Fair fucking play. All I but can they think now is Henry characters. Cavill. Sorry, you've got me excited about that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard once she's because it's so it just seems so fitting. Yeah. But they could. There was talk of them doing a female Bond, um, which could. Yeah, Ooh. and I don't know how political they're gonna get because I mean like. I don't know if you can do that because it's not going to be James Bond anymore. But then again, who's to say that it couldn't be? So there's so many different couldn't perspectives. Couldn't it be that like the baton gets passed to his sister or something? Well, this is you the, know? this is the thing. Well, it's three hours apparently this one, and it comes out. If you want to join us, I've got a big group coming. Um, I'm coming. Yeah. So it's it's coming out on the eighth of November. There's a couple of okay. other things I'll talk to you about as well. Events I think you'll like to attend. But we've got that coming out, and apparently a three hours. So hopefully it's. Because they usually they they do lead on, but they don't lead on. So I'm hoping they're going to elude and leave us with a bit of a a taster. Because you and I both know they probably already filmed it, and the person who's James Bond is the best kept secret because they've probably already been signed. I would mm. say. Yeah. Which imagine if you were that. Oh, letting that one slip at the table. Woo! By the way. Confidentiality agreements are tough. Shake and not stirred. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. It. <laughs> I, what? No, no, never mind. Um, anyway, so. My final, my, my final main question before we sort of get on to you know where people can find you and where they can sort of reach out etc and learn more and perhaps work with you as well on you know having more playtime, is can you identify and there's been many I'm sure a fear in your life it can be recent it can be past, what you learn from it something that kind of is nostalgic something that's quite um, I guess pivotal in your life. What that fear was, what you've learned from it, or if you're still overcoming it and working through it, what it is and how you're working through it and what you've learned about this said fear. Because again, fearless training is my brand. I talk a lot about fear. I'm super passionate about it. You've talked a lot about it today. You used some great analogies. You've got a tattoo, which kind of converses and represents into that. So that is my question I love to sort of face yeah. all my guests with. Well, yeah, I guess fear is a very present thing in our lives and it can pop up a lot. But yeah, I often, as I said, I'm pretty brave. I like mm. to lean into mm. those fears and, and do things anyway, like, you know, bungee jumping or jumping out of planes or whatever. But I guess the biggest one, and a lot of people probably feel this, is like the fear of being alone. Like, humans are social animals. We used to live in tribes, but in the society that we live in today, like we, we're more connected than ever in some ways through the internet and social media, but it's very, it's not like tangible, you mm. know, like my primary love language, if anyone knows of the five love languages, is physical touch. Oh, yes. So I like to be close to people, about that to a lot hug on them, here. Yeah. To, to be near people, to actually like feel their energy in person is important to me. And I give so much energy to people when I'm, when I'm performing. Sometimes I do need to like hibernate and just like recharge. But yeah, I guess I like long for companionship and love and just, you know, ultimately finding like a soulmate and all that kind of thing. But I also realize that no matter where the journey goes, like I've got me too. Like I'm going to be okay no matter what, you know. So yeah, that's... 
I guess still one that comes and goes. Mm. Like sometimes I feel like oh, I'm fine. I don't I don't need mm. anyone or anything. And then there's times where my soul longs for that companionship. Absolutely. So, yeah. That makes sense. I appreciate the the vulnerability with that one because it's mm. sometimes hard to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes from the feminine perspective, but surely as well, being someone like yourself, and I truly believe this, being quite a strong character myself, hard people to love. Yeah. Very well, hard people, people find to me love. Intimidating as hell because yeah. I'm not your like normal kind of person. <laughs> and based on my experience of living in the Southern Hemisphere for a good 20 years, you know, and again still going back to Europe and traveling, I have found that it is incredibly hard or it can be incredibly hard for someone who is a little bit more go-getter, intense, strong character based to really resonate. I just feel that unless someone is very well traveled themselves, yeah. like you are not the typical Australian, you know, New Zealand sort of like at, at all. <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons why I got on with you so well. I'm not, and I'm not bagging out Australians and New Zealanders, but their temperament, their culture has created a different personality, a different archetype. Yeah, well, where... any, anyone that's traveled is going to be more open-minded, mm. more accepting mm. of different things, yeah. more adventurous, more like brave, I guess, more fearless. Yes. Because when you travel, you're in all these like crazy situations and places where you might get lost or you, something gets stolen or like it, it forces you to mm. deal with these scary situations. Mm. And so it, it does help to shape you as a person. It does. Yeah. And you've laid on top of that multiple characters, multiple experiences, some of which a lot of people haven't had. Doesn't mean you're not going to connect with someone, but I feel mm. that you need someone who can match that energy at least. Mm. And again, they say chalk and cheese, so it might not be that whole same personality profile, but it's going to be someone with a wealth of knowledge. And I'm sure and I'm confident that your soulmate will be someone who has definitely had a plethora of experiences. Mm. And I always think that there'll be someone special in line there. And maybe it's not one person, right? Because I think there's more than one person that we would be compatible with if we think about population and countries and cities and we live, yeah. we'd find people. And I've had some beautiful loves. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. it's, it's like you said it before, it's trusting the journey and the process. And, and when that time is right, it'll match and it'll click and you want it to be authentic and you want it to be organic and if it meets and it Don't usually does. Don't want to settle either. No, exactly, because <laughs> a lot of people do. I see, I'm still single as well, I'm 30. I find it really, really difficult to connect with most people and it's not because I'm up here going, oh, I'm different. It's like, no, I'm just not willing to settle. Um, You're just you and you want someone that gets you. I'm very aware. Mm. I've been fortunate to speak to people like yourself who have got a lot of experience and well-traveled and that has kind of ruined things for me in one way because I'm not ignorant. Yeah. So I'm a little bit, I've taken advice on board, which is good, but it works, it can work against me and that I won't just sort of settle or commit. But that's probably a good thing because it's better for both parties in the long run. So there's, there's, a, there's a real sort of double-edged sword in all of that. And I find that many people who are incredibly ambitious and creative like yourself do struggle mm. to find that energy. But when it does come along, it's well worth the wait. And like yeah. anything, if you're going to do something and it's going to be amazing. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. And you're probably not going to just walk around and go, there's one, there's one, there's one. Like, <laughs> if we really think about it, like you probably want that person to be quite rare. Like, yeah. I know I do, you know, you, you kind of, you know, and, and just like you said, you have some beautiful experiences in the meantime. So totally. I pre appreciate you sharing that. So where can people find you if they want to connect, they want to ask more questions, they want to find out more, or they want to perhaps, you know, you know, do some of these photo shoots and get creative. Awesome. Well, I do Tell have a, a website for Ooh. entertainment. It's www.epicentertainment.com.au. So you can contact me through there. 
Um, also on Facebook and Instagram, perhaps you can like drop some links or wherever It'll it's shared. Always. Um, Cause yeah, I've got, you know, pages T tell on, them, on Tell the them medias. your main Instagram handle. Cause I guess that's where everyone is these days. The main one uh, to follow me is just my name. So R-I-E-L-Y, it's a little bit unusual. Spell it right. S-A-V-I-L-L-E. And then it has links to my other styling and entertainment on that page. So mm. it's, yeah, doorways. Mm. Um, but, oh, can I tell you a funny story that just Absolutely came Absolutely, you can. This is like a little destiny story. So when my mother was pregnant with me, she had other names in mind. And she was watching an old 1952 movie, Black and White Country and Western, uh, by Aldi Hurley called Sierra. And in this movie, there was a character called Riley Martin. And she was beautiful, but she was gutsy and brave, and she kind of saved the cowboy instead of the other way around. So mum was like, what a woman. So I got named after a movie character, and it's so perfect because I ended up in showbiz. So I thought that was kind of fun. Mm. I yeah. love that. And I would say that I'm quite a, quite a gutsy, brave woman. So definitely, definitely some resonance there. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it sounds, we didn't really touch on this, and there's, you know, yeah. there's so many things we could have gone into, and I'm sure at some point, like a lot of my guests, we need to around to, you know, we've surpassed 100 episodes now. It's probably time for me to start circling back with certain guests and, you know, delving into more nuanced topics. But you alluded to your mum before, actually, and, and I won't sort of <laughs> open the can right now, but obviously you have some loving parents in your life and great role models, which is been you know kudos or testament to part of your growth and character that totally. they were there at that time even though you've been traveling uh, and been away from them which I which I think is great and of course I will put all those links in the show notes below iTunes for anyone watching so you can go to you know Riley's Instagram you can go to that website etc and follow your nose there as ever to, to finish us off I'll ask this and I like to ask my guests this and there's a lot of value there's so many recommendations I think if people really want to take out of this podcast they certainly will and they certainly can and I and I hope they do and we talk about if we help one person it's a job done but what is one thing you would advise people to do every day that could improve their life what would you tell people to do it can be super simple or it could totally. be totally so Having morning rituals, or they could be evening rituals if you're more of a night owl, whenever, but it's nice to start the day off this way. Uh, I think it was Sandra Bullock said when you, she dances every day before she leaves the house, and I love that being a dancer. She says when you start your day dancing, like you, you walk out of the house differently. So it's gonna look different for different people. Like some people might like to go for go to the gym or some people might like to jump in the ocean or some people might like to dance, put on their favorite music and dance. Some people love yoga, some people like breath work, meditation, but maybe pick, or having a nice tea, but pick three things that make you feel really good and start your day by doing those. Also like gratitude practice, like writing down three things every morning so you wake up and write down three things that you're grateful for. And if there's more, great, write that too. But just starting your day with doing, taking time for you, doing something you enjoy, being grateful for the things that you have, it's gonna change the way you feel and set you up for an amazing day. And then ripple effect, an amazing life. Love it. And what a great way to summarize what's been a super insightful, fun, and creative podcast. And as ever, guys, you already know, share it pay it forward, whether you're listening, whether you're watching. Ladies and gentlemen, Riley, Alicia, Seville, Thank the wise so and wonderful. Thank you for having me.
<laughs> Very welcome. Thank you for your time. Guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Stay fearless. For those of you who are confused, frustrated, and sick and tired of not seeing the results that you want or deserve, make sure that you click the apply for coaching button in the description below and line up a completely free consultation with myself where we can discover if it's a good fit as client and coach and take your health and physique to the next level once and for all.